All right. Well, welcome to Church Finance Frequently Asked Questions. My name is Shelby Pratt, serving as your presenter today. And we are in room 109 of the Upper Arlington High School. Uh, my name is Shelby, also serving as your host. Um, so I'm uh, feeling a bit um, split personality today. If you have questions, I hope you do, because that's the whole point of this session. Otherwise, it's going to be very, very boring, um, because this is one that I do not, I cheat. Uh, because I don't prepare, literally, I do not prepare anything for this session. But it is always well attended, and I hope that that means that you have come with uh, questions um, for the day. Please be aware that coffee is available near the cafeteria lobby where the main sessions are being held, and that restrooms can be found on each floor of the building, and you can reference your map book in the booklet for that. For the benefit of those who are listening to this session as a recording, please silence your cell phones and electronic devices at this time. Also, we want to make sure that everyone is aware that our presenter today is the Finance Director of the Ohio Ministry Network in Columbus, Ohio, and you can reach me at 614-396-0700, extension 146. My email address is just shelby, S-H-E-L-B-Y, at ohioministry.net shelby at ohioministry.net again I feel like I cheat a little bit with this particular class because I I intentionally don't prepare anything and frankly I was kind of glad for that because I uh, was up rather late last night preparing for the next session I don't know if any of you are planning to be there but I'm also doing another session where I will be talking about a new uh, health care option for small employers, which does include most of our churches here in Ohio and around the states, actually. Uh, at the next session, all my sessions are going to be in here. Uh, if there's a question that we don't get fully answered, there's another church finance, finance frequently asked questions session right after lunch, followed by another health care session, same exact presentation in those two sessions. Uh, if you are unaware from either your computer or from your cell phone app that you may have where you have the SCED schedule capabilities. Um, not all of the presenters are probably even taking advantage of it, but there is a way that a speaker is able to upload documents for the presentations. So for the church finance frequently asked questions, I have uploaded, I want to say, 12 to 14 different documents for different things. So Unfortunately, I could only upload 10 to this session's class. And so, the, so if you're interested in looking at those documents and downloading those, some of them are samples, etc., a couple of articles, um, look at both of the church finance frequently asked questions classes on, on your phone uh, or on your app um, to be able to download all of the stuff that I uploaded. I didn't have anything, uh, and then actually there are there are a couple of uploads as well for the healthcare one. If you just are interested and not going to be able to make it to that se- that uh, session, you can actually uh, download the PowerPoint that I did prepare for that particular session. Uh, so normally, when I haven't had to do a class very first thing on this day, uh, I'll have post-it notes sitting out at the desks for waiting for people to come in uh, so that they have, they have an opportunity to write down questions. And uh, unfortunately, I was not able to do that today. So I'm going to pull out a piece of paper 
and I'm going to start trying to take notes of whatever questions you may have, and we're going to go from there, because that's what this particular session is all about. So is there something that has just been, you've been really wondering about, something in particular, a practice, an internal control, um, software, anything in particular? Because again, if you guys don't start answering questions, I'm going to have to turn off the recorder. Yes. Are, are there any new regulations as it um, to taxes, IRS? Just so you know, I will try my best to repeat the questions, again, for the benefit of those that are, that are listening. Uh, the question was, are there any new developments in regards to taxation for ministers primarily or mm-hmm. ministers and, and or churches? Um, there are... I do not know all of them. I know there were a number of them that were incorporated. I want to say it's in the realm of 18 or 19 regulated tax law changes uh, that were that were incorporated into Dr. Richard Hammer's annual Church and Clergy Tax Guide that he prepares. Um, not, there weren't any significant ones that changed the functionality of taxes per se for the individual. Um, the biggest the biggest change probably that has come about for our churches is what I'm going to be talking about in the next section, the next session regarding uh, uh, what's called a qualified small employer health reimbursement arrangement. Um, that's a, that's was in, put into law on December 13th by president Obama. One of the last things he signed into law. Uh, it was part of a larger law that we'll talk about in depth during the next, sec- next session. So I really don't want to take too much time here unless there are no other questions, and I can circle back to that. Um, but none that I have been aware of that would be of significance that I uh, would be able to pass along to you today. It's a good question, though. Sorry, I don't have more information on that particular one. How often should you do a financial audit, and if so, should it be done by a certified CPA? How long? How often should you do an audit, and if so, should it be done by a CPA? Um, I would say that if you can... Within your church, at a at a minimum, if you are able to do it just and your own, because this an internal control assessment is something that could be done uh, by uh, individuals that are that are capable of doing that just within from your, from your church body. If that can be done on an annual basis, that would be valuable. I do make those services available, and I'll come in uh, on behalf of the Ohio Ministry Network at invite, uh, you know, at the invitation of the church to come in, and we'll do an internal control assessment. It focuses more on the process and less on the product, meaning more on the how you're doing it than the results of those. So less on checking the exact numbers that are going to be in your financial system and more about how did all those numbers get there. What, the, what are the processes for your uh, managing your offerings, uh, controlling your uh, expended, uh, your resources as far as making sure there's good controls on your, on your bank accounts and not one individual has too much authority or access. Um, if your church has the capability, the financial wherewithal to be able to do it, uh, I would I would recommend a CPA audit, but I probably wouldn't recommend that to be every year, just because it can be a little more cost prohibitive. Uh, probably in the somewhere between the two thousand to four thousand dollar range, just depending on the size of your operation. Um, the Evangelical Council for Fiscal Accountability, which is kind of the good housekeeping seal for religious nonprofits, um, they they require an annual audit if you want to be a member of that organization. They actually require an annual 
audit prepared by an, a CPA. Um, but that, again, may be a little too cost prohibitive. Um, so I, I have, for instance, talked with a few churches. They've asked me to come in and do that first, first kind of run through as far as the practices so that they can clean those things up maybe before an accountant comes in because uh, the accountant's going to pick up on those same things and probably more. And so if I can help them clear up some of those things that might uh, you know, be a process that's insufficient or inadequate, then that kind of helps them be more prepared when that accountant comes in. Does that help? Does that help? Is there a program, me, uh, is there a program in the CDF to do an internal control? There's, um, there is not a program, although I, I do have, I do have an internal control questionnaire and, and it is, it's two, it's two part where it's, it's basically, you know, an audit per se is asking questions about the how and then investigating the, the what to make sure. So it's called the control test and then the substantive test. Um, and I, you know, I wouldn't mind sharing that with any of our churches. Um, and it's just an Excel spreadsheet that has a bunch of questions as far as the Q and a part. And then it, and then it uh, goes through and says, okay, now examine these things. And basically, and it tells you, you know, based on your budget, your overall operation, verify this many transactions of this type and this many transactions of that type. So just to see if then the, the, the resulting work matches the practice that was said that they do. Because you can say one thing, and then as you examine it a little bit, it may actually, the process really, there wasn't, what they had said it was. And it may be simply is that they didn't get a second signature on a check over $500 if that's one of the things that they say is their policy. And they find it, you know, um, could be something simple like that. Um, so I wouldn't mind sharing that with you. There's not another program or software that I'm aware of, but there are some good uh, books on, on doing an internal control audit. Uh, churchlawandtax.com is the uh, Christianity Today's one of their websites, and that's who uh, Richard Hammer is, is one of the editors for. Um, he ha- has a couple of good resources on there, on their store, uh, for doing your own internal control audit. It basically gives you all the steps to walk through. That's what we utilized when I was a church administrator way back when, and we had individuals in our church. Uh, we didn't feel like the expense of an, a CPA audit was necessary uh, for our operation. I look back now and I think, yeah, we should have probably been doing that because we were a church of about 850. And, you know, I, I look back now and I think, yeah, we probably should have. But we had an individual who worked for the, for the state attorney general who hunted down la- money launderers. And so he was the chairman of our internal control, our internal audit committee. And so we felt pretty comfortable that we, if having, having David involved with that was, was probably sufficient for us. You had a question, Roy. Uh, yeah, the uh, internal control assessment that you can do, what does it cost? Oh, that's a question I always get and a question I always hate to answer because I start feeling like I'm, like I'm waffling. Um, because I'm coming on behalf of the network office, the question is how much does the internal control audit that I perform cost? Uh, I do not charge a set fee because every church is different and I am cognizant of that and I don't want to be burdensome. So if I don't get anything... I'm fine. Uh, the company is going to pay for my mileage um, to get there and take care of my lunch while I'm there if need be and get me back home. So if, if, that, if that is all that happens, I am happy to serve our churches in that, in that way. So what I do say when I get that, when, if I'm asked how much, I will simply say, what would, what would your church normally do for a guest speaker? 
because it puts it then in a comfort level that that church is familiar with and I'm not throwing out a number that may scare the jeebers out of them or you know or they may think is not enough I just say you know if I'm asked that's what I tell them so now and I wish I wish I could do I wish I could do more than I do I'm on track this year so far to do about not quite one a month, and that's aggressive for me. Um, one a month is is actually pretty aggressive with my other duties, um, but I'm trying to get where I could do regularly one a month. I'd love to do more than that, but it's just unfortunately not a not a possibility. There are some there are uh, services out there, and I could if if it was of interest, and I'm not available. There are some paid services that would be less than a full CPA audit. You could have just a CPA come in and do a review where they simply, um, there's basically three different levels of service that an, that an accountant could provide for you. Um, the, the external audit is the most expensive because that requires the most intensive amount of examination and time on the, on the part. And again, you're paying you know, someone or the firm is paying someone on an hourly basis uh, for that. The next is simply is what they call a review, which is less intensive. It doesn't take as much of their time. Therefore, it doesn't cost you as much. And then if you are simply needing your financials to be put into a good order, maybe you're wanting to go out to pursue financing with a bank and, and maybe your, your, your books, because not all churches are standardized the way a, a bank might be accustomed to seeing their financial statements. You can actually have an accountant do what's called a compilation. They simply take your data and put it into a accountant format so it so it presents in a way that a bank would be very familiar with it and so you go from the more expensive to the least expensive and there's other services obviously you could ask them to do but those are the ones that you think of actually when you're having somebody examine your your statements uh, those would be the three common common kind of services that they offer you so What's the duration typically of an audit? Um, for my, that I do, I come in for a day, and when I say day, I'm not there from like 8 to 5. I'll, I'm usually there for the bulk of the work day for maybe about 9 or 9.30 in the morning till about 3.30 or 4 in the afternoon. Um, and then, then beyond that, there'll be, a, there'll be some, some time spent to actually put together whatever report I'm going to present back to the church and to the board um, from that. If you're bringing in an accountant, probably the first time that an accountant might get involved with you, I would, I would expect it to be a minimum of, of, of at least two days um, of, their, of your time and their time uh, to get to know you. Now, we, and we, do, we do audit. And then we do a review and a review and an audit. That's our structure in our, at the network office. Uh, that We do a full audit every three years. And when they would physically come, they would be at our office only three days. But I would provide a lot of data pr- prior to them arriving. So they had done a lot of, of legwork before they even arrived. And really the reason that they would come is because it's easier for them to focus on that client when they're not at their office. And um, so right now, when we do when we do the review years, they don't they don't come to our office, but we still dedicate these days or the days that we're going to be interacting a lot with them. But on, when they did the audit, which was last year, they or yeah, 2016 for 2015, they physically came to the office, and it's about really only two and a half days now that they've done it for us for 
about six years. So they get familiar with it. It won't take as long. So probably those subsequent, if they came in, it probably wouldn't take more than a day of, of their investment. So it, that's why it, it, the cost can come down as, as they're more familiar with your, with your processes and your systems. That's a good question, though. Yep, Dan. Um, we moved from Power Church to, to the Assemblies of God recommendation of, like, of Cheney and Associates. They operate out of, they use zero, and my question is, I'm, we, we worked on a do bills, and they work on a cruel bills, and it's very hard, we've only been in this about six months, it's very hard for, for me to know exactly where we are at the end of a month, because they're paying next year's, next month's bills in the month before. Is there, is there any insight you can give me so I can grab a hold of this? Because um, I'm used to paying February bills in February, not March. Now, am, am I not in the 21st century? I'll make sure I understand. So, um, made a transition from Power Church managing that in house to using Cheney & Associates. And if, the, if you're not familiar with Cheney & Associates, I have heard of them before. I've actually talked with one of their representatives. They operate out of California um, and um, do a lot of, in, in what, in the, let me make sure I say this correct, uh, Pastor. Um, they, are, they offer a different type of service for churches that is becoming more common these days. And it's basically back office outsourced bookkeeping where they take a lot and will do some of the workload that often has been done or historically has been done in-house for a church where they will they will issue the payments on your behalf they'll take care of payroll and do a few other things actually functioning as an off-site part-time employee and they use a product called zero which is x e-r-o it's the it's a it's an online accounting software much like quickbooks online if any of you are familiar with that as far as that's how it's delivered. Um, and if I were, understood what you were saying correctly, you're accustomed to operating on a cash basis. So you get a bill and you pay it. Do you delay in paying it until it's closer to being due? Or do you, when it comes in this week, it goes out this week or within a week? What were, what's your history? It's due in February. We pay it in February. We don't, okay. We don't all right. You know, so, we don't pay it early. Okay. If it says 30 days, we take the 30 So you take the 30 days. All right. Um, so the difference being moving from the cash basis or treatment, paying it closer to when it's due to an accrual basis, which is what you described there, of uh, paying it early. But probably what, in a true accrual environment, they may indeed be writing a check in February for a March payment, but they're considering it the March obligation. So when it hits the expense, it shows up as a March expense, even though physically the cash left in February. Most churches that I have worked with operate on a true cash basis, which is what you described originally, where you, you handle it all yourself. When the bill is due, you, you pay it in time for it not to be late. And so whatever date it may be, uh, it doesn't matter what the actual statement date is of when it was, or the invoice date when it was mailed to you. Um, it's it's um, focusing more on the due date. And in the accrual environment, 
actually it's possible that they may still be considering it a February obligation. Because if you're getting a statement that was dated, say, February, what are, what are we here? We're at February, we're in March now. So let's say if you got a statement that was, that was February 20th, that's actually a February obligation, even the, though the bill may not be due until March. Because in an accrual environment, you observe the, oblig- you observe the expense when the statement is issued. So regardless of when the payment cash comes out, that's what most churches do. Most churches think of when the cash leaves the building, and that's when the expense is. But in an accrual environment, the date of the obligation, meaning when it's actually issued, we get an invoice for something you ordered, or you get that monthly loan statement, that's the date that, that the actual obligation is in place. And so that's when the, that's when the accountant puts that as being as being due. So what you may want to do is verify that they're op- that they're operating and they're you're you're their client. Now they may have a normal standard op- way they operate, but you're their client, you pay them for their services. I would if if I were in your position wanting to be more functioning the way that you historically had, I would probably say ask them to function making sure that they're functioning on a cash basis that the expense is being recorded when the check is written not when the bill is received you should be able to ask them that we can see i thought we we were kind of blending with them because i thought that standard accounting procedure it is standard accounting procedure it's not it's not abnormal accrual is what we do it's it's the normal and that's like it's it's what Usually, larger businesses will operate on a cruel basis, but I would say well over 85 to 90% of the churches that I have been associated with, they operate on a cash basis. The church that I'm a part of, that my wife and I are leading, we operate on a cash basis because it's just, you know, we're, we're a small church and I'm not going to be worried about about. When, you know, so some months I might write my rent check and I have two bills for rent come out in the same month because I wrote one on on February 1st and one on February 28th for the next month. So it looks like I paid twice as much rent in February, but then I'm not going to pay any in March knowing that for the year I'm going to pay what I was supposed to pay. So cash or accrual, neither is right nor wrong. It's preference. Uh, Now, coming back to what I stated earlier, when you're talking to banks they're accustomed to dealing with organizations that do accrual accounting. So they're going to look and see, what are your accounts payable? Well, in a cash basis environment, you don't have any because you're not, you're not, re- you're not recognizing the, the obligation until you pay the bill. Um, but they're, they, so, so they're just going to say, oh, are you operating on a cash basis? Yep. Okay. So they're just going to look at your, how much you paid. I mean, so it's not like it'll be a leap for them to, re- to figure it out, but they're, they're used to seeing that. So, hope that helps answer a little bit. Are you familiar with zero? I mean, I've, I've never touched it. No, I'm sorry. Uh-huh. It is massive. Okay, I, I'm sorry. I'm at a I'm at a disadvantage there, Pastor, because I just I've never touched that product to know how it functions. Will you give us an opinion on like Peachtree or or QuickBooks? I mean, what does the district use? The district uses a product from ACS Technologies, uh, which uh, some churches have used as a people management and a financial management product. Um, we use a product from ACS Technologies. It's called the People Suite and the Financial Suite. Um, been around for decades. Um, we use it specifically because it it is not only for churches, but it has a functionality that manages two types of constituencies. A church has people. We have ministers who are people and churches who are entities. 
and we have to be able to have those two constituencies, and this product manages that. For many, many of our churches, again, with those that I've visited as, as doing an internal control assessment, QuickBooks is the most common that I have seen that our churches are using. That doesn't mean I'll necessarily recommend QuickBooks because QuickBooks is not built to really run a church out of the box, even if you're utilizing the nonprofit version of it, because it does not, it's not really built, even in the nonprofit construction, is not built to manage fund accounting, which is what we do in the church environment, where we want to be able to always know what's in the general fund, what's in the building fund, and you can have as long a list as you like on how intricate you want it to be, but you know how much has been designated for missions, how much has been uh, designated for Speed the Light or BGMC. Um, QuickBooks is not going to handle that right out of the box. So you ask the questions. I'm going to give you where if I was if I was picking. Well, I did because I run. <laughs> I did because I manage a church um, as well. If I was picking an accounting product right now, the questions I would have would be, is there a product that is connected to a people database? Because then you have an integrated system. My system at my office is an integrated system. The system that you're talking about, that you have, Pastor, and it's probably not going to be uncommon in this room, is you may have a people database over here. Maybe it's a web system. Maybe it's a computer-based system. And then you have an accounting system. They may be on the same computer, but they don't actually talk to each other. My system from ACS Technologies, it's not for most churches because it's not, it's not cheap. They have a newer product that's out that, that's much less expensive um, and more uh, web-friendly. But when contributions are processed in the people component, it drops automatically into the financial component. So that's, that connectivity is my definition of integration, meaning they talk to each other. How many here have that kind of system that when you do contributions, it touches financials? What do you have? A miniature system. ACS. You're using ACS? I've actually been on, um, I actually started with them when they were ICMS. Okay. Wow. They've been, that is, um, I want to talk to you some more afterwards because I'm an ACS evangelist. I hate to say that. Um, well, I guess I don't because that's kind of what I am. But I um, um, somebody had their hand raised over here. What system do you use? CDM Plus. CDM Plus. CDM Plus. That is an integrated system. People talks to financials. Usually it's one-way communication. I will say that. Where people, con- and, and contributions, will say, well, that's money. It's attached to a name. And because it's attached to a name, it's in the people world. It flows down and will drop into the financials. But usually if you're needing to fix something in financials, you have to fix it over in contributions and let that correction flow through. Uh, somebody else, you had your hand up. Okay, we're going to come back to that. She says they, she uses Aplos. We're going to come back to that in just a moment. You use Breeze. That is not a connected system, though. It's kind of because it's... Hybrid. Let me go with hybrid on this because Breeze is a very popular online people management product that is very powerful. Um, Pastor, did you, do you and your church people that use it love it? You just started. Okay. If you want to talk about Breeze, track down Joshua Williford from Aurora New Life Church. Loves Breeze. Um, it's a it's fifty dollars flat for everything that they have available. 
which is one thing I think is actually attractive about it. I've never actually used it myself, but it's $50 a month, $600 a year. That may sound like, whoa, for some of you, but I pay almost that on a monthly basis for the product I have. I probably shouldn't have put that on the recording. Um, uh, so um, it's a hybrid because when you're doing contributions, they actually have a partner and an, in, and, a, and an integrated piece for online giving that when you do online giving, it will populate the contributions component and the contributions component will kick out information to QuickBooks. So you can kind of get that connectivity, but it's not all the same company. So when you have support issues, who do you talk to? You know, it just depends on which, which product you're talking about. Somebody else have an integrated system? Okay. Uh, Aplos. I talked about Aplos last year, and Joshua Williford was actually the one who led that session for me. This goes until 11.15, correct? Okay. Um, so Joshua led that session for me last year. Um, and if you want to know about that, he'll tell you all about that. But I will also tell you about, about Aplos because I love Aplos. And ACS knows I love Aplos. They wished I stopped talking so much about Aplos. Because they are building a product. ACS has a product called Realm. Realm. Uh, it is... Now, here's, here's the... There are some wonderful advantages to Realm, but it is a new product, still in development um, in, in the financial world. The, but it is the first fully online and integrated church management system, meaning when you do, when you do contributions, it will drop automatically into the financial database. I am using both systems right now for my church because I've actually been a beta tester for the Realm accounting product, and I've been running Aplos accounting at the same time. So I actually have always, I always know that I'm right in the bank because both of my systems say the exact same thing. Um, one of these days, I will not want to do two sets of books anymore. But for now, as a small church plant, we are able to do that. Um, there are some wonderful things about, about Realm that make it attractive, but then there's some things that's missing that Apples has that I'm just like telling them, just do this and it'll be fine. Um, but here's a really cool thing about Realm. Uh, when they have a, ACS has a preferred partner for processing your online giving, Vanco Payments. Uh, anyone can use Vanco for their church. They don't have to use the software to, to use the service. But when you, part, when you put the partner companies together, it's seamless so that when I, when I do an online gift in, as a church person and I log into my individual account for my church in Realm and I initiate an online gift, it processes. Then, now as stepping away from me, the giver, to me, the one that's managing the, the books right now... Um, that contribution gets combined with whatever other gifts that may have come in on that same day. And once it posts to the bank, it creates the contribution batch. Until then, it's a pending batch. And then it creates the contribution batch. That contribution batch automatically hits the GL on the financial side. And I didn't have to touch it as a staff person recording a contribution. 
So when, and I have a unique advantage that most of you don't have here. Because we're a church plant, we, we actually started online giving with Tithely, who we also talked about a year ago. I'm not using Tithely anymore because of this change in the realm environment. But um, so way back in October of 2015 was when the church officially opened as an entity. We didn't start services until February. But we had people giving in October. And they were giving online through Tithely, now they all have moved over, they were giving online, so that when we finally started services in February, 90-some percent of my people were accustomed to giving online, and they're still all giving online. And even now, when now we, we shifted from February, when we were meeting in a, on Saturday nights at a different place than we actually planted, now we're in our new building that we've been in for, for about five months, and it's still, even with new people that have come in, they're starting to give online because that's, they just see no one. I mean, if I have an offering of $20 on a Sunday morning, that's big because literally it's all coming in electronically. And so, as I just described to you, I'm not actually having to do anything for those transactions in Realm. The only thing I have to do is figure out how much hit the bank in the GL and put that into my other accounting system. So you can see at some point in time, I'm not going to want to do that. What I love about Aplos, though, is its simplicity. It is so user-friendly. It is, if you've used QuickBooks or something similar to QuickBooks, it will be much more of a familiar environment to you than the Realm world would be. And if you don't have anything, and I, I have been with a few churches, uh, I can think of two right off the top of my head, that don't have a people database, meaning they're not using something already to track contributions that keep family structures together, where you track attendance for classes. They don't have that, much less an actual accounting system. They, I've actually been in churches that are still using a paper ledger. I'm just being honest with you there. Paper ledgers. Um, and it, when I realized that, I just kind of like had this little conniption for a second. I tried not to show it to the lady that was leading, managing the system. I was like... Wow. Okay. So you know, if and I'm and please, I'm not talking bad about you. If that happens to be you, I you know, I, I feel I feel some pain though. Um, where even recently, a uh, church that you know has, um, they've they've actually shifted to Aplos. They didn't have a people management system. They were using kind of an Excel environment. They were actually using an old version, a predecessor to Realm called Membership Plus. Uh, was a previous software product from days gone by, but they had kind of let it all slide. And so they went with Aplos to do everything because Aplos does have, because it is built not to just to run a church, but for true nonprofit structure. And nonprofits, one of the things that they do is fundraising. It actually has some contribution and donor management capabilities that you can pay for. You know, depending on what you, the menu that's available, and you can go from $25 a month, like I'm paying, to $240 a month on how, how expansive a system do you want from them. And uh, so this church decided, because they weren't using a third-party people product, they're using Aplos to manage their people records as best they can. So they're not managing family structures, but they're, at least they're getting reports that don't have to be an Excel document that are manually updated to keep track of records of giving. Um, you know, that's, that's, what the, that's what they were having to do before. Um, 
So Aplos is a, is a great little product. I'd be happy to talk about that all day, but I'm going to go on to some other questions. On that Aplos, how their support is? How their support is? Oh, they took all the chalk away. A-P-L-O-S dot com. Is there, is there a piece I can't see? Ah, there. Um, their support is really good. Uh, they do have hours that you can call them during the day. Um, they do a lot of email support as well. Um, one thing here is just a friendly tip. Even if you're happy with your accounting system, go to aplos.com, scroll down to the bottom of the page, and look for Aplos Academy. It's all free YouTube videos on church accounting. Some of it is specific to their product, but a lot of it are just principles of accounting, how to do fund accounting. Because some of you, when I said that earlier, you're like, what's that? And it's... it's, it's their support is included in the $25 a month. It's unlimited. It's just, well, outside their hours, obviously, but... And you it, say they do have an integrated online service? Yeah, they, they have... Now, their, their people management is more donor management. So its limitation is that it doesn't take Joe and Susie, mom and dad, along with Sally and Billy and Jimmy. It can't take... It doesn't know what to do with the kids. It doesn't have a way of managing the family structure. So that's, that's the limitation of dealing it with it that way. But they do have, with that... If you don't have an online giving system, you can use Aplos and add, an, uh, they have a partner, uh, much like Vanco, they use a different partner um, that, in, that integrates in their online giving. Are you taking advantage of the online giving with them? No. No? That's okay. But they do have that available. Um, Tithely actually is a partner of theirs as well. You don't have to use, you don't have to use the built-in online giving for Aplos. If you have a third party, Tithely is one that they have a system where you can, again, export the data from, from Tithely, a contribution data batch, and import that into Aplos. So you, it automatically downloads to the people. Yeah, you... Uh, well, well, no, because... No, because that, well, no, no. Because there you're just talking about the GL interface. So, no, because it's, it's not referencing the people uh, for, in that regard. You would still have so to... You have to if you're, yeah. yeah, Yeah, if you're using Aplos for giving or using another third-party people product, you're still going to have to man, manually enter those records. I think Breeze is a difference. I think they have, if you're using Tithely with Breeze, they actually, I think, do have an integration that matches the people. Is that... Okay. So, yes? Did you say Realm is a new thing? Realm. Realm is a a newer product. The accounting product has only been being sold for less than a year now. Um, But... Do they have the online giving? Yes. So, the... The Vanco? Yes. So, yeah, okay. Does the online giving get very expensive? Well, I mean, it's you do pay for the if you want the online giving. You always have to pay for the subscription right. anyway. Right. Oh, uh, I'm not connected to their economical online giving. I mean, is there an online giving? Okay, that's a great question. Is there a more economical online giving option? Um, you can get there um, if. Let me just throw out a couple of ideas. I'm not, these aren't, won't necessarily be in order of preference of any kind. If you, if you integrate your online giving via PayPal, 
you can register as a nonprofit organization with PayPal and you move from 2.9% plus 35 cents for every transaction down to 2.2% plus 35 cents. Here, here is the balancing act. The goal for me in doing online giving, that's an, in that scenario that if I ever drop Aplos and I go strictly realm, remember what I just described, I don't have to touch a contribution batch. That's worth whatever I had to pay for it. And how does the realm compare in cost to the Aplos? Well, I don't know what, I don't know what, I don't, yeah, I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about the subscription, just the online giving. I've never used the Aplos online giving, so I can't answer that specifically. Uh, uh, I know that the Vanco fees are here. There are some really cool things that, that are included. I want to say it's thirty. I want to say it's a base of thirty dollars a month, and then it's then it's the transaction fees. So if if you're if you are one of our ministers and you get the monthly email that I send out that has your contribution, a link to your contribution statement, you'll see down there that if you have not set up an online giving account, I encourage you to do so, and please select electronic check so we can be good stewards of the resources. That's your key thing. First, you want whatever, whatever giving provider you have, you want to be able to do an electronic check. And you want to beg your people to use electronic checks as their giving method. For an electronic check that I process with Realm, it's 30 cents, I think. 30 cents, maybe 35. But there's no percentage fee on top of that. I cannot process a paper check for 35 cents. If I have to pay the fee, it's thirty-five cents plus. I've, I want to say I'm at a two-seven. I want to say it's two point seven percent for the plastic card processing, whether that's a debit card or a credit card. But here's the here's the cool thing for tithely. There's not a there just to have just to have a tithely account to link it to your website for online giving doesn't cost anything on a monthly basis. You're just, but the per transaction fee is higher. If you want to add text giving to Tithely, it's $19 more per month to have text-based giving. But if I'm using the system that we have in my office is with ACS, it's a Vanco provider. If you are one of our ministers or if you are a church that wants to do online giving, we can set that up. I have to set that up for our churches, but ministers can set it up for themselves. If you, if you are using online giving uh, with us, Realm is the same. They give text-based giving to their client. So for in, in the $30 a month that I am paying for Vanco, and here's, here's the thing. Tithely doesn't charge a monthly fee just for their service. That's why the percentage fee is higher. You can, you can pay, you can add a monthly payment and lower the percentage. So it's just a matter of your volume. Where, where's the break-even point? But, you have, but even if you added the monthly to get the lower percentage fee, you still would have to pay the $19 a month to get text-based giving. But not completely. If you're using Breeze, there is a there's a bit of, of where they do communicate, um, and Tidely has actually created interfaces uh, through programming language to with a few of the online database systems. 
but if you are using an ACS product like ACS Technologies People or Realm, you can you pay that $30 a month just flat. And again, I'm paying a, a couple percentage points less, you know, instead of 2.9 or whatever he might be paying, I'm paying 2.7, uh, I think is what it is. But then with that $30 a month comes free online, get, free text-based giving. So what I do, and we put this on a slide at our, in our church, you know, for online giving. If you wanted to give a gift to OMN right now, you could do, you would text OMN, to 73256. I'm going to do Hope Church to 73256. And I'm going to get this message back that says, you're almost there. Click this to do your gift. And this is, this is my live church online giving system through a text-based functionality and doesn't cost the church anything to have this capability. This is huge because when we have a guest who's never been in our database before, it does, it, we had our fir- we've had a, a couple that's been coming faithfully from our area for the last couple of months, and they gave their first gift this past Sunday, and I was like, and he did it this way because he didn't he doesn't have an online he doesn't have a login in our church database. This is how he gave. He didn't have to write. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, that Vanco gives that to their clients, basically, if you're paying their, their monthly fees. Can you spell that? Is that a V or a B? B, as in Victor. V-A-N-C-O. I think that the if, you, if you're just wanting to use them... I believe VancoPayments.com is the... They're there because you you don't have to use ACS products to use their service, but they just have a partner partnership agreement. We have about eight minutes to go. Good question. Um, really, maybe for the room. Um, one thing we struggle with is the contribution system, tracking tithing records for tax purposes. We have a system, but it's so antiquated. Does anybody have a good system of recommendation for? Any of the ones that you have heard would do what you're looking for. What are you using right now? The question was... I don't even know. I, I'm not the bookkeeper, but I okay. remember, um, And she uses an antiquated system that they've had for nine years. Yeah. And that poor woman, when it comes time to release the tax statements and then to reset the year, it's like hmm. it's a headache like that. Yeah. Um, but I know there's something that somebody says, man, we've used this for five years. Well, well... Breeze, Breeze would do that perfectly. Realm will will do that perfectly. Price range of software you want. Yeah, because those those really you're you're less looking for something to do contribution statements and just think of you're you're needing a church management system. And then the question, you know, so the determination is: Do you want an integrated system like I described that Realm is, or maybe a hybrid system like like? So, you know. But when I think church management system, typically what you will see, if you do an online search for church management software, 75% or more, this is I'm, a statistic that, yes, I'm making up as I'm going along, but it's probably, you know, based on my history, is probably pretty close. About 75% of the results, maybe more, will be people-only systems, meaning there's not an accounting component added to that. That it it will probably will provide some kind of online giving functionality. It will definitely do your contribution statements. It'll track your family structures. It'll probably do small groups. It'll probably do your kid check in. But it pr- 
probably will not do accounting. Realm is the only web-based system that has both that talk to each other. And um, so I did the contribute. I did the contribution statements in Realm this year, and it was a breeze to kind of make a joke. It, I mean, and the cool thing is, the cool thing is, mo- many today. This is this would not be just a a an Aplos or, or a, I mean, a, a Realm thing. Many of the software products nowadays have the capability of just mailing, emailing those contribution statements. So you're not actually printing anything. Um, the, it just, and, and for those who, and for those who have a login that one of our pastors that have a my OMN login, uh, for our online giving system, um, you may or may not know it cause you may or may not have read the email, but when you log into the system, you can download last year's tax statement because it stays there. And I don't update that. That stays that same one for the entire year. So I email you the fresh copies. But last year's tax statement is always there. That's also true in Realm. So that anybody that wants to, that has a giving record, that has a login, they, can, they go into their system, they see the giving area. It actually has a button, tax, download tax statement or something like that, that they can pull up the last PDF of last year's uh, tax document whenever they want to. And that's in addition to having received it as an email when I, when I process them. So the ACS program and CDM Plus, are they comparable programs? Um, apples or apples don't work? Functionality, they're going to be rather comparable. The, obviously, the, inter, uh, the question was, uh, are, is the ACS product and CDM Plus uh, you know, comparable? Functionality-wise, there, there will be a lot of similarities because, again, their desire is to manage a church and they understand what churches are doing. The interface will be much different. I can even between the product that we're using, which is the People Suite and Financial Suite, is totally different than the Realm product that I'm using for my church. So CDM Plus Church Windows. If you if you want to if you're int- if you've ever heard of Church Windows, um, I'll, she'll hate me for this. Uh, call Ellen Powell at First Assembly in Lima. Uh, they use they use a product called Church Windows, which is an integrated system. And there is a lady that she has a relationship with that I introduced them to, uh, who lives in Florida now. Used to live in Westerville, Ohio, near my office. Um, and she supports them remotely, actually. And uh, she was a certified trainer for Church Windows, which is based in here in Columbus, by the way. Um, I didn't know that until I moved here, but um, so there uh, again, functionality is going to be very similar. Cost CDM Plus is probably a lot less expensive than the product I'm using. I don't know the cost, but I can say that because I know how much my cost is. I don't know how much it would be compared to Realm. Realm starts at thirty dollars, twenty nine dollars a month for depending on what package that you get. And again, kind of like Aplos that goes from twenty five to two forty, it starts at that twenty nine, and I and I goes up maybe to well, just for people, I want to say it can it, well, it's based on the size of your average weekly attendance. They actually scale it not on not on products that you want unless you're adding accounting because that is new, but they base it on the size of your church, so it grows with you as as you grow. Um, but functionality-wise, they should be fairly similar. You started to raise your hand, Travis. Yeah, uh, completely off topic from what we've been discussing. That's fine. This may be hard to answer. For a church who averages between 150 and 175, which we do on a Sunday, um, we have a mortgage. 
what, in your experience, is the average operating budget on a monthly basis for a church between 150 and 175? We have a mortgage. We also do pay health care for full-time employees. Instead of so, the question is, what's the average operating size of a budget for a church of 175 average? I'm I'm not going to be able to answer that specifically because I don't know that doll, the dollar amount. Let me go let me go a different direction, and just say, um, it will. You want to think more percentage of of budget uh, that goes to different allocations. You said you have a mortgage, so if you have a mortgage or you rent a facility, meaning in some way you're paying for the place that you meet in, your your salaries and your benefits are probably the likely the largest piece that would be the next largest piece and then if your salaries and benefits are somewhere in the 35 to 50 percent range and it will depend on whether you have a debt service or rent payment if you have if you have no payment for the facilities then you may you may have 50 to 60 percent that goes to salaries and benefits but once you once you bring in that that next piece that's a lot hard, a lot a big portion of your budget it'll probably lean more towards the 35 to 45% range of of your overall budget now there's a resource that could probably there there are many resources that could probably answer that question one of them that comes to my mind it, it doesn't specifically deal with church budgets but it's the compensation survey that that Richard Hammer does he does a, a every other year review and he actually, in that information, he puts in that information of average weekly attendance, average budget size, and he kind of you know puts that all together. It's talking more about than you know providing packages to your staff, but then it uses those that information that you were talking about to help you determine how much to pay or, or what churches are paying when they have this many people in attendance and this size of a budget. So it could kind of help you with that. Time is up.